I'm very excited to share the news that we finally have Witch Wave merch. Yes, we have the official Witch Wave tote bag, which says witches are the future on it. We have gorgeous, glittery witches are the future enamel pins. And we also have signed books by me, both Waking the Witch and What is a Witch? So head on over to witchwavepodcast.com com slash shop and get your official witch wave merch today it's a great way to support the show and it's a great way to share your love of magic and witchcraft with the world the world is filled with bewitching people and you might be one too welcome to the podcast where art is magic magic is real and reality is stranger than dreams I'm Pam Grossman, and this is The Witch Wave. And welcome to the Witch Wave. Beloved friends, it is almost Valentine's Day. And despite the wide swath of feelings that people have about this holiday, longtime Witch Wave listeners know that it also is my birthday. No doubt that's why I love this day, but it's also why I think I'm rather perfectly primed to help other people reframe it as a day that celebrates love in all its forms, including self-love. What does it look like to romance yourself, to be your own paramour? And if we're publicly surrounded by a holiday's symbols or messages anyway, how can we find personal meaning in them? Take the rose, for example. This flower is absolutely ubiquitous on Valentine's Day. Rose bouquets, rose petals, a long stem rose in a vase. We're so bombarded by this imagery that it's easy for the cliches to cloud the deep magic of this flower. But roses are a symbol of the divine feminine. The rose's beauty, its fragrance, its ruffled layers all signal the holy mystery of the goddess or yin or whatever word feels right to you in describing feminine energy. It is simultaneously associated with sensuality and sweetness. Rose essence is said to be a skin softener, an anxiety calmer, and a heart opener. As I've gotten older, I've developed a romance with the flavor of rose as well, and can never resist rose water desserts. A friend and I recently made a Persian love cake, which was not only infused with rose water, but smothered in edible rose petals as well. 
and it had my other favorite ingredient, cardamom. And don't get me started on the rose cardamom dark chocolate bar that Rocka Chocolate just started putting out. And this is not a sponsored mention. I am just deeply in love with it. The phrase sub rosa means secretly, and it translates to under the rose. It is said that the Greek goddess of love, Aphrodite, gave a rose to her son Eros, who in turn gave it to Harpocrates, the god of silence, so that Aphrodite's romantic activities would be kept discreet. Since ancient times, roses have been painted on ceilings or put above doorways to signify that anything happening sub-rosa or beneath the rose was confidential. The 13th century Sufi mystic Rumi wrote a poem I adore, which begins, What was said to the rose that made it open was said to me here in my chest. I love these lines. They make me think of a secret, heart-expanding password whispered by spirit. So how can we open our hearts to others this Valentine's Day? How can we more fully embody magic and mystery? And how can we celebrate our own rosy selves? One of the primary types of magic I've been doing since I was very small is bath magic. When I was a kid, I was instinctively drawn to fill my bathtub up with gemstones and seashells and flowers. And I would sometimes even bring a glass goblet into the tub with me that was filled with the most glamorous libation that I had access to in the 1980s. Sundance sparkling juice in raspberry flavor. I would soak in the water, surrounded by natural beauty, sipping this probably not so natural, but beautiful to me, magenta elixir. It was a full sensory experience, steeping myself in opulence and feeling positively divine. Bath magic is still one of my primary forms of witchcraft. I'm intentional about the ingredients I use in my bath, and rose petals or rose-infused oils or salts are some of my favorite things to add to help myself connect with the divine feminine and help me truly accept and love myself, my body, my life. This Valentine's Day, whether you are partnered or single, depressed, ecstatic, or somewhere in between, I recommend you take your own private rose bath and give yourself time with spirit, Sub Rosa. It's such a gentle but powerful spell to cast as you bathe in a cauldron of self-love potion. My guest today, Chelsea Selby, is the creator and owner of Witch Baby Soap, a line of magical bath and beauty products. 
She is an expert in bath magic. And on this episode, we discuss the art of self-care and spellcraft. But before we get to that, first, let's check and see what's come through on The Witch Wire. Who is it? Witches! Today, we have two questions about love and marriage. Natalie writes, My fiancé and I are getting married this year on Samhain. I, like you, was raised Jewish, and while our wedding won't be fully religious, the ceremony will take place under a chuppah, and there will be some other traditional Jewish elements on the day. I'm hoping to include readings or other elements of witchcraft into the ceremony, and I'm not sure how to incorporate them besides the flowers and decor. And Allison writes, I'm a baby witch and I've recently become engaged. I'm so excited to marry my love, but naturally I'm feeling very overwhelmed about planning the wedding, especially with what will be involved in the actual ceremony. As of now, we are planning a small elopement in nature. I have been researching so much on the internet about pagan weddings, hand fastings, and non-traditional ceremonies, yet none of it has really resonated with me. At the same time, a very simple non-religious ceremony doesn't feel right either. I was wondering if you had any advice or know of any resources regarding rituals, deities, or symbolic gestures, anything to help us figure out what we'd like to include in our ceremony. So first of all, Natalie and Allison, congratulations on your upcoming weddings. This is beautiful news. And absolutely, I have some thoughts. So that phrase, hand fasting, is one you'll find a lot in regard to pagan weddings, and there are many ways to do this, but essentially it's a part of the ceremony when the officiant ties cords or ribbons around the couple's hands to symbolize the ways in which your lives are being interwoven. It essentially serves the same function as exchanging of rings, though some folks do hand fasting and a ring exchange. As I always say, you get to decide the words you say or the officiant says during your ceremony. But if you just Google hand fasting, that's a good place to start. Some couples also do broom jumping or jumping over a candle or even a fire if you want to get super pagan about it, though please be safe. <laughs> but you can research broom jumping ceremonies and so on as well. Now, Matt and I did not do a hand fasting or broom jumping ceremony, but we did still have witchcraft incorporated into our wedding in a multitude of ways. We also wove in some Judaism to honor my family, some Christianity to honor Matt's family, and we had lots of secular but still sacred to us words by our favorite poets and writers. The important thing was that the ceremony felt like us. Now, specifically in terms of the witchcraft aspects, we had special herbs that a friend of ours burned throughout the building before everyone arrived to cleanse the atmosphere and fill the room with blessings. I also did lots of my own ritual 
privately. Uh, we did sleep in separate rooms the night before our wedding, um, even though we had lived together for many years already. But I really loved having that time to myself to center and focus and do my own rituals and blessings and spells that were very private and helped me feel centered and connected. I also made an herbal infusion filled with intentional ingredients, and during our ceremony, Matt and I both drank it out of the same cup at one point. We had lots of candles in the ceremony, of course, and all kinds of other significant symbols throughout, including special emblems that were engraved inside our rings. But perhaps the most obvious witchy bit of our ritual happened at the beginning of the ceremony when we called circle to invite in the elements and entities and to set sacred space. Now, I think this is a lovely thing to do, to welcome spirit into your ceremony and form a sort of energetic container for the sacred ritual that will take place within. In our case, we had people in our wedding party participate in calling circle. So as part of the ceremony, they each put down an object on the altar while invoking the related element. So for example, our officiant said, We welcome the spirit of the east, spirit of air. And then one of my bridesmaids responded with, Direction of new beginnings, may Matt and Pam be blessed as they start this new chapter in their lives. And then since she was calling in air, she put down some incense on the altar to represent that element. And we did this for all seven directions. Air in the east, fire in the south, water in the west, earth in the north, below, above, and the center. For us, it was a great way to give people in our wedding party a meaningful job, as it were, in co-creating that magical space with us. But I've also attended weddings and officiated weddings myself where a shorter, much simpler invocation was read. This past summer, I had the honor of officiating the wedding of my cousin and his partner, and they are not particularly witchy people, but they still wanted a magical blessing. So I kept it short and sweet and simply did the invocation myself without any of the objects at all. I started by saying, Here, surrounded by nature and vitality, friends and family, we welcome air in the east, direction of new beginnings. We welcome fire in the south, direction of imagination and inspiration. And it went on as I went through all seven directions. I should also say that when calling circle, some people only do five directions or elements, air, fire, water, earth, and spirit. Some people do even more invocations, and they also call in their ancestors or guides or deities. So as with anything, you can modify this with whatever wording feels comfortable for you. And that really is my biggest piece of advice, and I say it all the time, but it bears repeating. Make this ritual as personal as possible to celebrate you and your union. The very act of committing to another person and declaring those words of commitment out loud is already a magic act. 
wedding rituals of any style are already their own love spell. As long as you bring intention and presence and open-heartedness to it, your wedding and your marriage will be filled with love and magic. Natalie and Allison, I wish you and your partners all endless blessings and so much love. Now, on to my guest. Chelsea Selby is the creative, visionary, and CEO of a Witch Baby Soap, a witchy bath and body care company with a cult following. Her line of soaps, bath bombs, body creams, spell boxes, and so much more are infused with magical ingredients and adorned with magical symbols. Not only is Witch Baby Soap lauded and obsessed over via their online shop and their massive social media presence on Instagram and TikTok, but Chelsea recently also opened the Witch Baby Soap store, which one can visit in Cranford, New Jersey. Chelsea and Witch Baby Soap have been featured in such places as Allure, Wired, Teen Vogue, and Bustle. And her bewitching products sell out consistently as demand for the brand grows. In our conversation, Chelsea discusses why she combined her love of alternative medicine, beauty, and witchcraft, her favorite bath magic and self-care spells, and how she's building an enchanting and compassionately run bath and beauty empire. Chelsea joined me in person in a Brooklyn studio. Chelsea Selby, welcome to the Witch Wave. Hi. Hi. It's so nice to have you here and in the flesh, no less. I know. I'm so excited to be here. I've been listening for so long. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm such a big fan of yours. You are the proprietrix of Witch Baby Soap. And I love the way that you describe this bath and body line. You call it occult driven. So can you explain what you mean by that exactly? What is Witch Baby Soap and how is it occult driven? So Witch Baby Soap is a bath and body line that encompasses esoteric symbolism, astroherbology, crystal magic, and all different aspects of magic in the occult. When I was looking for beauty products before I started the company, I never found something that resonated with me. So I made my own company. <laughs> yes, yes. And we're going to be getting into the whole origin story. But can you describe a little bit about not only like the shape and the symbols of the product, but the ingredients too? I've noticed you're very, very mindful about the intention behind what goes into each and every product you make. Each herb and color and crystal is selected to match the intention of the product or the theme of the product, or it's shaped or colored in a specific way for, you know, psychic ability, love, opening your third eye, cleansing. I basically have a background in herbology, and I use that to match different herbs to the products. Beautiful. I love that. So I would love to get a sense of 
when you're first starting to craft, let's say, one of your coffin-shaped bath bombs, what is the intention behind a product like that? And how how did you even conceive of such a thing? Because I know you have such a cult following for all of your products, but I feel like the coffin-shaped bath bombs at least are what put you on my radar. I feel like it's also one of my most misunderstood products. And a lot oh. of people are just like, oh, it's a coffin. Like, so gothy. So <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> you can enjoy it that way too. I'm totally cool with you enjoying it in that way. But also, I was looking at bath bombs in the same way that you look at candle magic mm-hmm. and the shape of candles and how you use them as if you would use a skull candle or like a cat candle or, you know, two lovers. So meaning that the shape of the wax is like sympathetic magic. It's yes. whatever it is you're trying to conjure or manifest. Yes. So the coffin in the same way as a bath bomb, you can use it for ending something. You can use it for rebirth if it's in, we make a death coffin themed around the death tarot card. And that one is used for transformation and rebirth. Or you can use it to honor loved ones who have passed on. Mm. So there's a bunch of different ways that you can use it. But yeah, that's kind of how I think bath bomb magic works. It Mm -hmm. kind of wasn't a thing before we started. You mean the coffin shapes? Yeah, we made the the original coffin shaped bath bomb. And that was the intention behind it to create a bath bomb that worked kind of in the same way as candle magic does. I think that's so smart because... I think sympathetic magic is something that is very, very effective. Not that it has to be shaped like a coffin or a skull in order for you to say goodbye to something or let something go, but it does help your imagination, your Mm -hmm. vision, like get to that extra bit of conjuring, if you will, if you actually do have that item. Exactly. I think it helps for some people who have trouble maybe visualizing or just meditating on an intent. It kind of helps them ground it into something more physical. And then you can go from there once it dissolves in your bath and go into like your visualization. So it's a good like starting point. Yeah, I find that product of yours so intriguing too, because I know, for example, like the death card bath bomb, I should say, If I'm not mistaken, it's yellow and black, but when you put it in the bath, the water turns red, right? (laughs) So it's it's very transformative. (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm sure for some people, suddenly having their bath fill up with this bright red color can feel kind of like horror movie, kitschy, spooky, Mm -hmm. but it can also feel so transformative because red is such a color of energy of it could be love Mm -hmm. it could be revitalization what are some other kind of associations you had well i've noticed especially on tiktok it really incites this kind of visceral reaction out of people some people cannot handle it they comment on our videos and they're like it's blood (laughs) um if you think about it you know blood is like life force energy so it's a totally energizing bath bomb in my opinion And it's apple scented. So it's a very like mystical scent, but also one that's not so scary Mm -hmm. um, to be paired with like a bloody color, you know. That's so interesting. Um, It just allows you to visualize 
also bleeding out all of that, like bloodletting that thing that you need to get rid of or that change that you need to make? Yeah. So I completely confess to being someone who's a little bit squeamish. (laughs) And yet you describing like the vitality and that energy really resonates with me, especially when I think about like the alchemical processes. So for example, in Jungian psychology, there's this theory that all transformation goes through these different color phases. Mm -hmm. So you have black, which is the negredo phase, which is the death. Mm -hmm. And then you have white, the albedo phase, which is resurrection. And then you have red, which is rubedo, which is all about life force and sensuality and mm-hmm. all of that wonderful kind of chi vitality. Very like root chakra. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I love that. But I don't want to only dwell on your like gothiest kind yeah. of products because you have things that are what I might call, I don't know, a little bit softer. I'm thinking about things like your moon herbal meditation mask or your initiation bath bomb, which is one of my favorites, which is, it essentially looks like a pentacle. It's this bright blue disc with a gold dusted pentagram Mm -hmm. sign on it. And I'm forgetting exactly the ingredients to it. So that one has ginkgo and sage in it. It's supposed to be like for wisdom. Yes. And it smelled almost like slightly smoky and slightly sweet at the same time. So that one... I created it for our Witches Academy line a few Halloweens ago. It was my fantasy, like, dream booking of, of like, a witch's college academy type thing. Was this something you taught or this was more of a, fa- a fantastical notion or idea? So I like to make worlds out of scent. For each collection, it's a different theme. So this Valentine's Day, like our theme is Romeo and Juliet, like tragic love. You know, (laughs) I'm thinking about all the people out there who are like falling in love, who are young and they think the world is ending because, you know, there's so many fires and everything that's going on politically. So the collection that I have now is driven by that like passionate, we don't know if the world is going to end love. So all the scents are very like strong and they come on hard Mm, and uh, mm. they have this like dangerous vibe about them, Mm -hmm. but also like sad notes, like funeral flowers. (laughs) Wow. Okay. We're going to circle back to Valentine's Day. Let's put a pin in that. Sorry to go off. No, no, but it's wonderful because so Witches Academy, that line was kind of a hypothetical story you were telling. Yes. So back to Witches Academy. That was like a older Hogwarts-esque collection. So Initiation is a honey and campfire scent. Ah, no wonder I gravitated towards this. Like in the woods, dancing around a campfire, being initiated. Yes. Um, We also did one that was called Secret Order, which is like fig and autumn leaves. And it was just a very like Northeastern, September-y witch school collection. Love. And it was amazing because when I put the initiation bath bomb in, the water started filling up with these like curls, almost like smoky tendrils Mm -hmm. of blue. It was so magical. And then to be bathing in that bright color 
I don't know too much about auras. Yeah. I have, as you could imagine, lots of friends who do, mm-hmm. but it really felt energetically shifting to just be drenched in color like that. Yeah, that's the thing. I do put a lot of herbs in our products, but you could just use the color of the bath alone. Some things don't have herbs. Like, for example, Graveyard doesn't have any specific herb. What is Graveyard? So Graveyard is a coffin bath bomb. It's a coffin that turns the water pink. It's kind of like a healing bath (gasps) bomb. How adorable. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It smells like a graveyard. It smells like funeral flowers, dirt, and coffin satin. Those are the notes. Whoa. And it's supposed to be like a healing experience in terms of moving on or ending things or even actual real death. I feel like our culture kind of fears death Mm -hmm. and you don't talk about it. Once you lose somebody, this is kind of accepting it and honoring it as a phase of life instead of just pretending it doesn't exist. That's so beautiful. So how did you start conceiving of products that are also spells, essentially? Because that's what it sounds like you're describing to me. I just like felt called to do it. You know, I kind of was like almost an initiatory process. Mm. So I got pregnant at the end of 2011. I got fired from my last job while I was pregnant. Mm. And what field were you working in? I was working in a salon. Mm -hmm. I was actually going to school for alternative medicine. I also graduated at the same time that I got pregnant. Oh, my goodness. Um, So So much life change. It's just strange because I'm just following the path that life takes me on. Mm -hmm. And this is just where it has taken me. So I got fired while I was pregnant. I didn't want to work for anybody ever again after that. So I started making my own products once I had my daughter. When my daughter was just about a year old, I opened Witch Baby a couple months later. Your online company? Yes, online. Terrific. Mm -hmm. And then we just opened our storefront last year. Amazing. Congratulations. So were you already considering yourself a witch or doing some kind of witchcraft at this point in your life when you started Witch Baby? Yes. Okay. So I told my mom that I was a witch when I was nine. I printed out a bunch of stuff off of Angel Fire and I handed it to her and I was like, I'm a witch. (laughs) She was like, no, you're not. I was like, okay. And that was kind of the end of that conversation. But I still bought spell books. I have my first spell books in my car. Actually, I was going to read them on TikTok. Um, (laughs) I was like obsessed with my Ouija board for a few years. Did some probably very dangerous stuff with my Ouija board as a child. Ah, gotta learn somehow. You gotta learn. And so I kind of just continued this on throughout my whole life. When I was in high school, I had a lot of issues and I didn't go to a therapist. I went to a psychic. (laughs) And was that something that your mom took you to or you found on your own? I found her on my own. I would go to her like all the time if I was feeling stressed. She was in Keyport. So just in New Jersey, Newport, New Jersey. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would uh, stop by the psychic if I needed somebody to talk to or, you know, talk to about my stalker ex-boyfriend. And she would give me like a candle and be like, burn this. And then I would do it and he would go away. Huh. So I had been seeing a psychic throughout high school uh, and just going like ghost hunting and you know, just being a teenager. Yes. And then as a young adult healing from trauma from a very traumatic relationship, I really leaned into the healing aspect of witchcraft 
And I went to school for alternative medicine and I started realizing that they are actually basically the same thing. Witchcraft and alternative medicine. Yes. And it just strengthened my belief in witchcraft, too, because I was going to school for herbology. I was learning about, you know, chakra healing, Reiki. We were doing kundalini yoga in an ashram. We were doing hypnosis, all kinds of stuff. It was very, very woo-woo. That sounds very witch academy. It kind of was. And... When we would talk about the scientific facts behind the herbs, like, for example, vervain, it increases REM sleep. And I was reading, you know, facts about it. And then I'm like, well, witches already knew this. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. this has been a dream herb for a long time before somebody came along and said, scientifically, this is what it does. Sure. And so then I started ruffling a couple feathers at school, writing papers on how feng shui is basically witchcraft. (laughs) And then I just leaned into it very hard once I had my daughter. It was like kind of like an awakening almost. How fabulous. So when did you start blending together witchcraft and making your own products? What was the first product you remember making? The first product that I made was a love product, was rose and apple. It was very like Aphrodite inspired. It's still one of our best selling (gasps) Is that a soap, a bath bomb? It's all of the things. That's a soap. It's a bath bomb. It's a scrub made with like real apple. I think we've made it in basically every product. Sounds incredible. And what made you start with that? That's just kind of where I started. That and Psychic. Psychic was probably my second one. That was uh, lavender, amber. It has yarrow in it. And mugwort in the body butter. Mugwort's like one of my favorite herbs. Me too. Talk about dream inducing. My goodness. And vision. Yeah. Well, I used to also smoke it in college. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've had it as a infusion before. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, it is not here to play. No. Yeah. I love doing dream magic. That's kind of was a huge thing for me with PTSD, especially and reoccurring nightmares is I, I did a lot of dream magic. So mugwort was like my best friend in college. Really? And you didn't find that it induced intense visions or did you feel like those visions were visions maybe you needed to be shown? Um, You know what? I kind of have really off the wall dreams and Mm -hmm. I would prefer like a really off the wall dream over a trauma dream or like something mild. I've been astral projecting and doing all kinds of lucid dreaming since I was a kid. So it kind of just helped me go into the more mystical realms that I was comfortable in sure. rather than having like trauma nightmares. Yes. Yes. Oh, I can see how that can be so helpful. And I also think of mugwort as I'm sure, you know, the Latin name is Artemisia Mm -hmm. vulgaris. And I always associate that with Artemis, you know, this energy of like wildness and freedom and femininity on its own terms. Yeah, it's actually one of the notes in our new Moonstruck line is Artemisia. (laughs) How fabulous. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hag Swag is a monthly subscription box geared towards weirdos, witches, hags, and alternative folk. Once subscribed, you will receive a variety of curated magical items right to your door to help amplify your craft. 
Hagswag curates offerings from witches worldwide to provide you with diverse and genuine offerings. Each month's theme has knowledge and offerings that are useful for both new and experienced individuals and that flow with the wheel of the year. Each theme also helps practitioners expand their existing knowledge and build their collection of tools while connecting with others in the community. Containing only cruelty-free, ethical, and gender-neutral items, this is suitable for hags of all walks of life. Use code WITCHWAVE, that's one word, WITCHWAVE, to get 5% off your first box at www.hagswag.ca. That's www.hagswag.ca. And you can also join the growing community in the Hag Coven Facebook group. So go on ahead and order your Hag Swag subscription box today. Hey, honey, a package arrived for you. It's gigantic. What's in it? Hooray! It's my Mithras candles. That's a lot of candles. Um, have you seen them? Mithras candles signature dripped pillars look like they've been crafted for a wizard's secret library. Right, but... They look like they've been harvested from a magical cave of wax stalactites. Yes, but I... And their natural honey scent makes me feel so calm. You want me to feel calm, don't you? They're, they're lovely, but how many do you really need? Well, there are also now Mithras candle votives, pyramids, and tapers. With so many different shapes and sizes, I can use them on my altar, in rituals, in our living room, on the dining room table, in the bath. Plus, they make the best gifts. Amy, we live in a two-bedroom apartment. Yes, but we're supporting a sweet, small business. Remember, Mithras candles are handcrafted from the purest golden cappings beeswax by the loveliest folks in Philadelphia. Well, I was made in Philadelphia too. Synchronicity, Matt. See, I'm <laughs> glowing just thinking about it. Okay. Well, giant boxes of Mithras candles being carried up the stairs it is. And if you did want to get me some more candles, just go to mithrascandle.com and use offer code WITCH to get 10% off. That's M as in magic, I-T-H-R-A-S, candle.com and use offer code WITCH for 10% off. Got it. Offer code WITCH at mithrascandle.com. Just pretend to be surprised. We never had this conversation. Welcome back to The Witch Wave. Today I'm speaking with Chelsea Selby of Witch Baby Soap. I love the name. Where did that come from? It just kind of came to me. I was in the shower and I was talking to my husband and he was in the bathroom and he was like, so what are you going to name your company? And I was like, well, I have a few ideas. And he was like, like what? And I was like, witch baby. And he was like, okay, what else? And I was like, witch baby. <laughs> That's the name. That's yeah, sometimes be. it just comes out like yeah. that. And it just, you just know. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, absolutely. Well, it's really cute, but it's also kind of irreverent, which I'm always attracted to. Something that has a little bit of a like, I mean, I say it all the time, reverent irreverence. Mm -hmm. I just find that so appealing. So let's keep going. You started with these two 
scents or lines of products. Mm -hmm. When did this congeal for you and start to become an actual company? And how did you even figure all of that out? It's really remarkable. It kind of just came together like right away. By the spring, I had our own website and we were not on Etsy any longer. This is spring of 2011? So we started in 2013. Okay. October 2013 is when we opened. And you know that I've always said 2013 is the year of the witch. And you know what? I was like, Coven is coming out this year. Mm -hmm. There's so many witchy things going on. You're absolutely right. Oh, yeah. So I launched it that October. I was like, it has to be October 2013. Like, that's what it has to be. I think I opened it on the 13th. Love. Uh, So we opened October 2013. By spring, I was off of Etsy and we were selling out like every time we would launch a new product, it would sell out almost immediately. Incredible. It was crazy. At that time, there were not a lot of products that were centered around witchcraft in this space. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure you're probably tired of being compared to certain other companies, but Mm -hmm. like when the company Lush first came out... Mm -hmm. We're talking when it was still in Europe. It hadn't even come to America. And I had been, you know, doing some traveling in college. And I encountered this store Lush. And I just thought it was so beautiful and blah, 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 blah. But even Lush doesn't have magic. I mean, they'll flirt with it a little bit. They'll have like a cute name or a cute thing. But you're right. There really wasn't, until you came along, a bath and body product that I can think of, or or line rather, that I can think of that also is infused with witchcraft Mm -hmm. intentionally, which is mind-blowing because to your earlier point, it's all made of like herbs Mm -hmm. and it's made of this intention of cleansing oneself or trying to bring other elements back into yourself as a sort of daily ritual that we all hopefully (laughs) take part in. I know a lot of us were basically just buying the kitschy stuff at Halloween. Like there's a joke about us all shopping for our home goods at Halloween. And like (laughs) I felt the same way about bath products and beauty products. You know, when I was getting my skull nail polish bottles, they would always be like around Halloween time and you couldn't get that stuff any other time. Sure. So when I was dreaming up Witch Baby, I wanted to make luxury products that were available year round instead of just, you know, during our season. Exactly. And I'm so truly impressed because I'm such a nerd about this stuff with how thoughtful you are with the conception of the names, the shapes, the colors, and mostly the ingredients. Like, you know your stuff. And I really, really appreciate that. So can you talk us through a little bit how you come up with a new product idea? There's a few different ways that I come up with a new product idea. I do have collection themes, so that's one way. I will want to explore a certain time period. I really like the idea of like jumping to a different time and then trying to capture the essence of that time. So I've done like a 50s house switch collection (laughs) where I had like jello inspired amazing yeah i like to imagine like what a witch would have done in in the 50s or in the 70s and like capture that essence and then i am also inspired by like our valentine's collection is inspired by what's going on right now so i just try to capture that environment and scent 
But then there's also like other times where I will get inspired by an herb and I will want to make a product that centers around that herb or a crystal. And I also sometimes just like intuitively make a product. I will have this nagging feeling like you should put these two things together. The Spellbox bath bomb for February was like that. Like, what, what is that bath bomb? So it's for the Leo full moon and it's this grapefruit and honey gorgeous and amber scent and I don't know why but like I just could not get the idea of putting those three things out of my head I was like I need to go to work today and make it because like it's all I can think about so sometimes I do have those like nagging intuitive feelings about a certain scent or a certain product it just varies and then what is your process is it you know, sketching what the shape will be? Is it doing lots of research? Is it getting your hands dirty? Well, or with gloves on, I assume, of course, a very hygienic, but, you know, really playing around. Like, where do you go first? I really like to mood board. I know that's kind of cliche. I mood board and I make playlists and just kind of totally get in the mood of the collection that I'm creating. And then I have a bunch of samples of fragrances and I'll kind of smell each one and see if it evokes some kind of feeling in me or like a memory. I know it's going to be a good one if I can ask the staff, like, doesn't this remind you of something? And they're like, yeah, but I don't know what. (laughs) Yeah. And then we kind of like piece it together and make it the what that we don't remember. I love that. That's so, so great. I want to shift a little bit. And talk about the usage of these products because I am obsessed with baths. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with water magic and bath magic specifically. I've often said like I could not live in a place without a bathtub. And I know not everybody (laughs) who's listening to this has that luxury or even that affinity. Mm -hmm. But I just find water magic to be so, so powerful. Can you talk a little bit about bath magic. And if someone is going to use, let's say, your bath bomb or a soap of yours, what's the best way that they could approach it? What sort of frame of mind should they be in? Do you have any suggestions for ways to make it more effective? Whatever whatever you think is useful. Well, I find the thing that is the nicest about bath magic is that it's kind of hard to not be relaxed in a bath. <laughs> you know, so if you're just like at the tip of the iceberg and like meditation isn't really working for you yet, or, you know, you feel weird chanting, you can slip into a bathtub and it's easy to fall into a relaxed state or even fall asleep in a bathtub. Mm. So I find that's a really good place for beginners to start because it's just so calming. And then from there, you can kind of add different things as they call to you. You can start learning how to use your intuition to pick different additives for your bath, like water-safe crystals or flowers or coconut milk or whatever you want to dump in there. Um, It's kind of also a freestyle practice. Like there really are no rules, in my opinion. Some people obviously think, you know, you should do certain things, but I believe that you kind of just let your intuition lead you and go for whatever feels right because it's the only way it works the best. Yeah. I also think bath magic is a wonderful first step for a longer ritual. Mm -hmm. 
So when people ask me, like, how can they start doing, I don't know, an evening of spell work, and maybe it's their first time, Mm -hmm. I always recommend starting with some kind of a purification ritual Mm -hmm. to let the day kind of get off of you and to transition from your mundane way of interfacing with the world to the more like immaterial or spiritual way. So some people do that with burning smoke and Mm -hmm. sacred herbs. Sometimes it's lighting a candle. But I love baths for this, you know, because it helps you cleanse. And also, not only are you letting go of the things that are no longer serving you, but you're also then taking in through your skin these amazing ingredients and fragrances that help you also shift your consciousness a bit. And then you can go on with the rest of your spell work that evening. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a nice jumping off point to get into the zone. Um, And then also you just feel so much nicer when you're clean. You're not like, oh, what's that smell? Or like... (laughs) You know, uh, my hair is so greasy. You know, like you're not thinking about any of that stuff. You don't have any of those distractions. You're also changing your clothes and all the things that have like energetically sunk into your clothes for the day and all the sweat that you've sweat out, anxiety, all those other things onto your clothing. Yeah. So you're getting rid of that. You're totally shifting your perspective. I find that a bath before spell work is like, for me, essential and also necessary to do like twice a month i do it for the full moon and the new moon like religiously a bath ritual yeah because if i don't my body like i just feel the tension building up in my body i just need to release it Mm. so so when this episode airs it'll be just a couple days before a full moon Mm -hmm. do you have any recommendations for any kind of bath magic or body care magic that people could do within the next couple days and also bearing in mind valentine's day will be the next week and i'm going to talk about love magic don't you guys worry but i would love to get a sense of some kind of a ritual or spell that you recommend for the full moon so this upcoming full moon is in leo so What I'll be putting in my bath is obviously our February bath bomb from our spell box. They're all crafted for each different full moon. Love that. And are those subscription boxes? It is. It's it's our spell box. And it comes with three bath bombs for the season. So one for each full moon. Love. And so this one is a Leo themed bath bomb. It's like a peachy, ambery color. Mm. And it's scented with grapefruit, honey, and amber. And it has a bunch of Leo herbs in it. So for this bath, I'm also going to put in pineapple slices in my bath to get that sun energy, that like Leo sun energy. Yes. Rosemary, it kind of brings in that spiritual aspect of the bath. And it's also good for like cleansing. Citrine, which is a sunstone. It's a Leo stone. So that's a really good one to put in your bath, especially if you need like vibrancy and energy. I was going to say, and you know, a lot of people hate February. I am mm-hmm. completely biased because as longtime listeners know, my birthday is on Valentine's Day. Yeah. So I actually look forward to February and I have a nice distraction right in the middle. But I know a lot of people are sick to death of the winter here in the Northern Hemisphere. I also know that Valentine's Day, people have mixed feelings about. So the notion that you are giving us these ways to just like brighten up Mm -hmm. in all these different respects is really inspiring. Yeah. So for the last moon, it was more about like shedding. It was the Cancer moon. So it was shedding all of that stuff. This Leo full moon is about 
stepping into your power and it's not an eclipse. So you can start manifesting. You can do all the intention setting that you want to do without worries that it's going to be like, you know, sabotaged by the eclipse. So this one is really about grabbing onto that like glamorous Leo energy and not being afraid to shine. Yes. And listeners don't have the benefit of seeing what your hands are doing right now. I know, but you just a handsy it person. Like jazz hands. <laughs> like, and it feels when you're describing those ingredients to me, yeah, like it's like, it's like letting yourself completely radiate. Yes. It's, it's a very radiant moon. I love Leo energy. Personally, I'm a Leo rising. Um, I can so. see that. So I really enjoy like a Leo moon to make me feel like a million bucks. How fabulous. On that note, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. So I'm obviously a big fan of witchcraft as a tool for changing your life, but it is absolutely no replacement for professional therapy. I should know because I've been seeing a therapist for most of my adult life, and it has helped me so much with anxiety, trauma, the blues, and also just the day-to-day stresses that come up for all of us. That's why I'm so happy to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is making therapy more accessible for people because they offer online counseling. That's right. You can now connect to BetterHelp's professional counselors from the privacy of your own computer or phone. And so it's incredibly convenient. And you can get help at your own pace by scheduling secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and texting. BetterHelp's licensed professional counselors specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, hello, relationships, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. In other words, pretty much everything that human beings deal with at some point in their lives. And everything you share is 100% confidential. Also good to know is that if your counselor isn't a good fit for any reason, no problem. You can request a new one at any time for no additional charge, and you can get set up for your first session in under 24 hours. BetterHelp is making therapy more accessible and more affordable. It even has financial aid for those who qualify. And best of all, which wave listeners get 10% off the first month of counseling by using offer code WHICHWAVE. That's all one word, WHICHWAVE. So if you, like me, could use a little extra help sometimes, don't hesitate. Mental well-being is so important. Please go to betterhelp.com slash witchwave, where you'll fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash witchwave for 10% off your first month. Welcome back to The Witch Wave. Today, I'm speaking with Chelsea Selby of Witch Baby Soap. So Chelsea, we're talking about bath magic specifically. And your tagline or slogan for Witch Baby Soap is get naked, do witchcraft, which I totally love. But I want to talk about self-love, self-care, body image. Mm -hmm. I know that there are lots of listeners who, like me, sometimes struggle with body image. 
um, and how to love ourselves exactly as we are, especially when we're naked and confronted only with ourselves. So how are you thinking about nudity and body these days? Well, it's been a long journey to feel okay with my body. So I have PTSD from a very traumatic relationship. And a lot of my self-care practice was born out of just healing that and coming back from that. There was a long period of time where like, I hated looking in the mirror and like, I felt gross looking in the mirror. So a lot of like getting past that was taking baths and taking care of my body and just going inward and spending that time with myself. And I feel like the relationship that you have with yourself is one of the most important relationships that you can have. And sometimes when we get so busy and we get so overburdened with life, we kind of forget about ourselves. We stop looking at ourselves in the mirror. And I feel like it's so important to just spend that time bathing and like putting body butter on yourself and touching your own skin looking at your own skin. We spend so much time seeing other people's bodies online and this idea of what we should be. And then we forget to look at our own bodies and appreciate them in the same way. Absolutely. And it also makes me think about how there is this alleged tradition of witches doing magic in the nude. Mm -hmm. And I will kind of put a note on the fact that there are some debates about the historical accuracy of like witches getting together naked to do Mm -hmm. rituals. We do know that certainly since the 20th century, this took place regularly because Gerald Gardner, who Mm -hmm. was essentially the founder of Wicca, he was what was called a naturist, mm-hmm. which is what people in England were calling nudism. Mm-hmm. This was a guy who thought being naked was sacred. He thought that it, it was the best way to kind of get the energy flowing in your body well so that you could do more effective spell work. And in the witchcraft community, we often use the term skyclad. Mm-hmm. For naked, which I think is such a beautiful term, wearing nothing but the sky. Mm-hmm. So there's something I think very mystical too about doing magic in the nude. Not that I do that all the time, yeah. but I have done it sometimes. I mean, I'm doing it most of the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, I, most of my magic is bath magic. And if it's not, it's other forms of beauty magic that are usually done in my bathroom. So... What else? I'll use face masks as a form of magic sometimes. You can draw different symbols on your face with the face mask as you put it on. And putting mud on your face kind of feels like very ritualistic in itself. And then you can visualize that just sucking out all types of things. Negative looks that people have given you. Negative things that you think about your face. You can imagine all all the times that you looked in the mirror and you thought, this doesn't look good or whatever. Mm -hmm. I imagine all of those things that I've put on my face just getting sucked out of my pores and then washed down the drain. Oh, that's awesome. I also love soap Mm -hmm. and soap magic. And I know you have many, many magical soaps that you create. And, you know, there's 
all kinds of different backgrounds Mm -hmm. of people who use soap as a kind of magical tool. I'm thinking of root work in particular. If you go to certain botanicas, Mm -hmm. you can find these like magical soaps that are supposed to help you conjure some change in your life or transform something. So can you talk a little about the soaps that you are crafting and how people can use soap as a magical offering or a magical spell. And this is helpful, especially for people who don't have baths, because you can do this in the shower. Yes. So soap magic is nice because, A, it's a continued practice. So you can do it every day. You can do it for seven days. You can do it for a month. The same bar of soap with the same intention every single day that builds up that magical energy. So just like burning a candle for seven days until it goes down, you're saying people can infuse their bar of soap with that kind of intention. Yes, and also the same way that you would carve a candle, you can also do the same thing to your soap. I do that a lot. I carve stuff into my soap bars all the time. Okay, my jaw just dropped because I've been at this a long time and it literally never occurred to me to do a carving in my bar of soap. Yeah, so like I'll carve money signs. If I'm like stressed, I'll carve peace signs in my soap. Like whatever I want, I will carve it into my soap. I love this. I'm absolutely going to do this. Yeah. Although I'm not going to carve too deeply because I want it to last. Well, yeah, you don't have to. Yeah. (laughs) If I'm manifesting something, I'll start on the new moon until the full moon. And then if it's something I'd like to get rid of, then I'll use that bar, like our hex breaker soap, I will use from the full moon to the new moon to kind of cleanse away that negativity or whatever I'm trying to get rid of. Absolutely. Such a good idea. All right, let's talk about Valentine's Day. As we know, I'm extremely biased. I love this holiday because I'm obviously celebrating my birthday too. I know people have a lot of baggage when it comes to Valentine's Day. So how can people help reframe Valentine's Day for themselves if they're not in a relationship or if they want to be in a relationship or if they don't even want to think about relationships, but they just want to focus on their own self-love practice. So if I'm feeling like down or I want to feel like sultry or I just you feel good in about my body and that kind of like Venusian way. Yes. Um, I will make a bath, usually pink or red, and I will put a lot of like Venusian herbs or flowers in them, roses, oftentimes. I sometimes use avocado oil in my baths because it's good for passion. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So anything that's like fruitful is usually Venusian in nature. Because of the abundance yes. and the lush sensuality. Yeah. So you want to use something that's like very like papaya, has a lot of seeds. Ooh. Like it's very, anything phallic looking is also good for like love magic. Mm. hyacinth is really good for queer magic too so if you want to do like a bath that kind of celebrates you in a way that society doesn't that would be a good one to use how amazing yeah all right we're gonna have to yeah so if you want to celebrate your sexuality that's a good one so there's like a whole bunch of fun stuff that you can do and you can add these things to your bath whatever feels right And and maybe eat them in the bath too i do that too 
Sometimes I will make a tea that I will drink and also dump in my bath or use like a wine that I will dump in my bath. I love doing that because... And of course, it's an obvious point, but it really is nourishing yourself and infusing yourself with magic Mm -hmm. from the inside out, from the outside in. You are literally surrounding yourself with this magic. It's really hard not to feel like some kind of like ethereal goddess (laughs) when you're sitting in this bathtub full of like roses and wine and, you know, cacao or whatever. It's just a very uplifting feeling. Regardless of whether it's magic or it's placebo effect or whatever, (laughs) no matter what, you can be the most non-witchy person and it'll still make you feel like a million bucks. Absolutely. And I love that a lot of this stuff is really accessible for people. I mean, your price point, I think, is pretty accessible. But regardless of that, people can buy bananas. They can buy a bottle of wine And then suddenly, you know, be surrounded by this luxurious experience. It's also great for people who are not out of the broom closet, especially being on TikTok now. I've noticed that a lot of people aren't. So you've mentioned TikTok a bunch of times. I am a crusty old lady who has never been on TikTok. My goodness. So how do you even know that these people are not out of the broom closet? Are they telling you that? They tell me constantly. (laughs) How does this work? Yeah. So, (laughs) well, first of all, it's a younger crowd. I understand. So a lot of them still live with their parents. Got it. And they can't practice freely. Yes, yes. So bath magic is a really good way for them to practice without being obvious about what they're doing. Without having a huge altar with lots of figurines and candles and stuff. Yeah. And you can do little things too. Like I put crystals in my shampoo. Tell me more. So whatever I want or need, I will pick a crystal with that intention that's water safe, a water safe crystal. (laughs) Right now I have snowflake obsidian. In my shampoo. So you just literally open the bottle of shampoo and just stick a crystal just pop in, it in there. there. I've been doing this for like a year or so now, religiously. And I find it's a really good way to interact with that crystal's energy every single day. And I notice different things with different crystals. Like if I put rose quartz in my shampoo, I notice I'm like brushing my hair and I'm like, your hair looks great. <laughs> and I'm just like, look at this hair. If I put smoky quartz in my shampoo, I notice it just cleans up my life. Wow. Like things that need to go are going to go, whether I like it or not. And hair magic, we didn't even talk about that, but there's such a rich tradition of your hair being an energy conductor and Mm -hmm. collector. You know, it's essentially like the antennae. Yeah, like the whiskers. (laughs) Exactly. Of human beings. So I love that idea of really infusing whatever shampoo you have with this extra additive. Yeah. And then it's every day you're doing it. Same way you would do like the seven day candle. Absolutely. Oh, I totally love that. So for your Valentine's Day line, you talked about it a little bit earlier. I know this is your star-crossed lover's line. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about this passion, but also this anxiety Mm -hmm. that you're kind of tapping into, whether it's fear of climate change or fear that you're going to lose yourself perhaps in your partner or in this state of passion. I'd love to hear more about this line. So I was very inspired by some of the culture on TikTok. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. I really am going to resist joining this for as long as possible. I'm not saying never because I never say never, but I'm just like, really, I have to learn another thing. It's so much fun. (laughs) All right, you you young whippersnapper, you. Um, Tell me about TikTok and your star-crossed lover's life. So some of it's themed or like inspired by the way that I see people acting and feeling on this app. Like everything is so much more extreme and emotional. And it makes me think of, you know, Romeo plus Juliet from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, One of my favorite films, yes, Boz Lerman. I was just thinking about Desiree. Was it Desiree's song, Kissing You? Do you remember they're gazing at each other through the aquarium? And yes. The song comes on. Yeah. Iconic. It's still. Ah, oh, <laughs> iconic. Yes. So that's all over my mood board. So that's why we call the Angel Soap Angel after Claire Dane's character, mm. Romeo plus Juliet. And then we have Crybaby, which is a more masculine scent, but it's got this soft funeral floral to it. They play on the gender roles that we're supposed to uphold in society, quote unquote. So Angel is like this very stereotypically feminine smell but we added this amber note to it. So it has this bad girl side to it, even though it's a strawberry milk scent. So it's like sweet, but also there's like a little something hidden in there. And then Crybaby is fashioned around boys being emotional and being allowed to be emotional, Mm -hmm. which for so long, boys were told, oh, man up, boys don't cry. I see that a lot on TikTok, like the escape from the gender norms. Mm. And I find that really inspiring. Absolutely. That gives me so much hope for generations that are younger than me. How the expression of gender and the expectation of what's appropriate or, you know, okay. has just been really allowed to be more loose and fluid. It totally soothes my inner 10-year-old wanting to go to Lilith Fair, raging feminist inside. (laughs) And Moonstruck is a very celestial fantasy scent. So it has notes of Artemisia. Yes. It has pomegranate. It's very like Persephone. It's got blackberries. It's like where I want to live in my mind forever. And then Starcrossed is a very intense scent. Like a super berry fragrance that like almost if it was a flavor, it would make your mouth water. Mm. So it comes on really, really strong, just like Romeo and Juliet's love. So super sensual. Yes. Yeah. So it's very sensual. The bath bomb is a coffin. So we all know how that story ends. (laughs) So it's just about that intensity of love and like how fast it can come and go. And so... For people who are using this line as part of their ritual work, what is the magical intention behind the line? So all of the bath bombs have rose hips and hibiscus in them for love magic. So you can really use them however you want. The angel bath bomb is a a pink rose with gold glitter on it. So it's very self-care Building yourself, adorning yourself. Like rose gold. Beautiful. The coffin, you could use that to, you know, unbind yourself from a love. Mm. You can use it to just move on. You can use it to remember a love. 
the coffin, as we've spoken about earlier, kind of represents many different things. So it could be rebirth. It could be opening yourself up to new love. Yes. And letting go maybe of the negative thoughts and destructive thoughts Absolutely. We have against ourselves that can get in the way of our own self-love. Well, that particular one turns black in the bath. Whoa. So it's great for banishing. Ah, I love that. I love that. Well, we are almost up on time, but I wanted to just note the fact that all of your products are 100% vegan. Mm -hmm. They're cruelty-free. I see you often donating some of your profits to amazing causes. So I just really admire not only the intention of each product that you make, but the intention of your whole business is so open-hearted and really responsible, really caring. And that's exactly the kind of business that I want to be supporting more and more, especially when it comes to things that I'm putting on my body or also things that I'm involving in my own magical practice because you want to be using ingredients that are crafted with such care and such positive intentions. So I thank you so much for that, especially. Oh, absolutely. I grew up in the punk scene and going to hardcore shows. So I really took it seriously when I watched SLC Punk as a kid. And he has to join the system to make the change that he wants to make at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Sorry. (laughs) So I really took that seriously. And I took that to heart, like being 13, watching that movie. And when I became an adult, I was like, and after getting fired, being pregnant, it was like, damn the man, <laughs> you know, yes, yes, we need yes. to make our own opportunities. And I wanted to create a business that survives in a capitalist time, but has anti-capitalist ideologies. So absolutely. Well, my favorite thing is when people's mythos matches their ethos and vice versa. And you absolutely are doing that with Witch Baby Soap. So before we go, where can people find your beautiful products, whether online or in the world? Okay, so all of our social medias are at Witch Baby Soap, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, all of those things. My personal Instagram is at Stay at Home Witch. If you'd like to follow me personally, <laughs> love it. I'm trying to put myself out there a little more in 2020. <laughs> and uh, our website is www.witchbabysoap.com. And we have a store in Cranford, New Jersey that we just opened in May of last year. And special shout out to New Jersey, where my witchcraft was born. It's a magical place, it despite really what you may have heard. It's it's a magical, magical land. I mean, we have weird New Jersey. <laughs> exactly. Weird New Jersey, New Jersey Devil, Pine Barrens, and so many occult shops. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know what we do without them. And I see Witch Baby Soap as very much in the lineage of magical weirdo New Jersey. So I'm going to have to come visit you sometime soon. Yeah, on your way to the Jersey Shore. (laughs) All right, Chelsea, thank you so much for being here and happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for having me and happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) That's it for the show. Thank you again to Chelsea Selby for sharing her bewitching bath and beauty magic with me. Do you have questions, feedback, need some witchly advice, or just want to share something magical that happened to you recently? 
drop us an email at witchwavepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and you just might make it on The Witch Wire. The Witch Wave is produced, written, and recorded by me, Pam Grossman. This episode was edited by Rachel Jacobs. Thank you, Rachel, and myself. Our theme music is the song Hand and Eye by Lycanthia. Special thanks go to Matt Freeman, Lara Antal, and Chiquita Pascal. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website and now buy Witch Wave merch at witchwavepodcast.com. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us lots of sparkly stars. It really does make a huge difference and helps other people find the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WitchWavePod. And you can check out my witch emoji for iPhone by going to witchemoji.com or downloading it in the App Store. And please consider picking up my book, Waking the Witch, which is available everywhere now. Thank you so much for listening. Witches are the future. I'll catch you next time on the witch wave.